Welcome to Hills Podcast. Hope you enjoy our series Pursuit. Don't forget to subscribe to keep up to date each week. I was reading a story about this old lady. And she'd ran out of money. She had nothing left. And she had used her last bit of money and she was hungry. And the story tells us that she goes on her knees like she would normally do. And she'll pray a prayer. And she'll ask the Lord, give me this day. Give this day. Our daily bread, Lord. And she'd pray this prayer. And, and one day, there were these cheeky little boys that were going past. And they heard the old lady praying her prayer. And they wanted to play a joke on this old lady. And so they decided to go and buy this old lady some bread. And they sat outside her window and they heard her praying. And they, she asked the Lord to give her daily bread. The boys just threw the bread into the window, being smart as they were. And the lady just said, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for my bread. And these teenage boys, this sounds like boys in Wainui. <laughs> it's exactly what they would do, like smart. They would jump back up and they said, ah, oh, God didn't give you that bread. We did. She smiled and she looked at these boys from Wainui Amata. And she answered and said, no, boys, you're mistaken. She said, the Lord sent me the bread. She said that even if he used some of the devil's boys to deliver it, <laughs> the Lord sent it. I want to tell you this morning that the promises that God has given to you is certain. It is absolutely secure. It can come in different ways and packaging, but it is a yes and an amen. And for some of us, we like our promises wrapped up the way we like it. But as you know, that God will even use a donkey to deliver a promise. He can use a burning bush to announce himself. That is God. So this morning, I want to share with you about pursuing God, going after Him. I've had uh, over a week or so off. I've been um, home in bed for the last, since Friday last week. Maybe two weeks have I been off? How long have I been off? Maybe over a week. Over a week, maybe over a week. It's given me an opportunity. You know, when God stops you, you think it's sickness, but... Sometimes God will use stuff to shut you down in order to get you into a place of stillness. And so I spent all week uh, laying in bed and, 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 and just, I didn't want to eat the word. Do you get like that sometimes? You don't want to eat the word. I'm, I'm talking to the all, not the righteous people in here. I'm talking to those who struggle sometimes when you're just going through some stuff. You don't want to eat the word. But you know you need to eat the word. But there is a struggle internally. Do I eat the word or do I just sleep? So what I did most of my week is I had my word on um, next to me and it'll play. And then when God will sh share something to, or something to me or a word, I'd, I'd write it on my, on my dream diary. And, and I'd just do it that way. And I was like that for a week. And I felt that God had really put me into a quiet, still place. 
See, we want to hear God and great things. But God wants us to hear him in this still, quiet voice. Are you in the wind, Lord? Are you in the fire? Where are you? And then this whisper from heaven. Sometimes the answer is not the way we like it. But God is always going to give an answer. And the problem that we have is that we're in this thing called time. Time was created for you and I. Seasons were given for you and I. God lives outside of time. He does not need time. He is not on our time schedule. He is not on your diary schedule. He is not calendared in. When God wants to show up, God's going to show up because he exists outside of time. So I want to share a verse with you, and I'm going to pull out four things that I've pulled out of this one particular verse in the book of Philippians 4. Someone say Philippians 4. And it's a well-known verse, and it's in verse 19. The problem with these verses is that you can read it so much that you become too familiar with it. So when I preach about it, you don't have ears to hear it because you already know what I'm going to say because you're great at knowing what I'm going to say. That is a problem in the body of Christ because God brings new every single day. His word is living. So no matter how many times we read a scripture, we never ever assume that God's going to breathe in it the same that he breathed in it to you last week. Because God's in God at breathing in new revelation. So we all know this verse, and I don't want you to turn your ears off. I don't want you to just harden yourself because you know that God will supply all your needs and you've got it all down packed. But I just want you to just be open for a moment in time. I say a moment in time because as I shared this morning, we can be so consumed in our past, we can be so consumed in reaching to our future that we actually don't focus on the now and the present. And if we think about the now and the present, there are many times that in the moment of time, God would turn up in a place where it is unexpected. We think that Jesus is going to go and heal a little boy, but instead a woman touches his cloth and he becomes, and she becomes healed after 12 years. A moment in time, seizing a moment in time. So if we can do the honor and be upstanding as we read this verse together, is that okay? We can read this together. Be upstanding in the presence of the Lord. Let's read this. Let's go. And my God will meet all. We we just want to read it one more time. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Are we okay? According to his riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. You may take a seat. The Apostle Paul wrote this particular passage. He was imprisoned. He was imprisoned because of his ministry, because of his message. They're going to become messages in the body of Christ that is going to imprison the people that are bringing the message. I declare it over the country of Aotearoa. There are going to come some messages over the platform that are going to imprison them because of what they are saying. Now, I'm not saying physical prison. I'm talking about an imprisonment where others put them in chains because it's not satisfying to their ears. Messages that are going to be very strong, messages that we feel are not right to be preached about because as the body of Christ, we like to hear grace. We like to hear encouragement. We like to hear things of love. We want to hear empowerment. We want to hear how we feel and how we touch. But we don't want to hear that these are heaven and these are hell. 
How messages are too harsh. So pastors, we move away from how messages because we don't want to offend. Because when we offend people, we are imprisoned because people don't want to hear that if they don't sort their lives out, they're going to hell. Okay, well, there's no amen. I understand that there's no amen when the pastor talks about how. But when I talk about heaven, everyone's rejoicing because heaven is good and everyone's going to heaven. Can I say to you, you will call out the name of Jesus and he will turn us back because he don't know who we are? It's in the Bible. But we don't want to hear those messages. We want to hear love gift messages. But I discern in my spirit, and as I've been sitting with the Lord for over a week and just I just literally doing nothing, I, I, I literally went from my bed to my bathroom, to my bed, to my bathroom, to the kitchen, to the bathroom, to my bed. For over a week, and I sat with the Lord, and I could hear the Lord very clearly after all the clutter in my mind that there is going to be some um, messages coming over the platform that are going to be hard for the hearers to hear. He's, this is Paul. He's receiving encouragement, a loved encouragement, a gift from a particular church in Philippine. And this is where this, this scripture has come from. His heart is overflowed with appreciation. So Paul, he pens out these thoughts and he's acknowledging this particular small church and thanking them for the gift when he records this verse, he rises above his circumstances. You've got to understand that Paul is in prison and he's saying that my God is, is going to meet all your needs according to his glory in Christ Jesus. I just can't fathom how someone could be in prison, falsely in prison, but still tell others that God is going to meet your needs even if I'm in prison and I feel that he's not meeting mine. Paul raised, raised above his circumstances. He raised above them, above it. And because he raised above his circumstances, he laid this promise or he penned this promise in the word of God, which you and I can draw from this morning. This promise is for you. Say to yourself, this promise is for me. The first thing that we can understand by reading the scripture is that God is the source of everything. Your identity is in God. Everything about you is in God. The problem that I've seen over time and something that God has been challenging me with is who are we really? Because many of the times, how you are, how we are when we walk into the church is completely different from how we are when we walk outside. When we're at work, we're a different face. That When we're at church, we're a different face. When we go to the supermarket, we're a different face. When we're in our relationships, we're a different face. It depends on who we are because we want to be accepted by everyone. So because we want to be accepted by everyone, you're only going to get a little bit of who I am, not all of who I am, because if I reveal all everything about who I am, you're not going to like who I am. That doesn't happen to you, right? I'm just sharing my experience. Because we falsely have images of who we are because of our past. And those images of our past have been ingrained in us. And we seem to have this image of who we used to be, but that's not who we are. So here is Paul, and he identifies the source of all our provision. He says, my God. I don't know about you, but that's talking. That includes you and I. My God. And my God. 
And my God, and my God, and my God. Over this last week, I've been saying, my God, and my God, and my God, and my God. And you may not understand how powerful that is, but when you're going through a season that God wanting to isolate you so he can declutter you, when you say, my God, that brings power into your soul and your spirit. He says, my God will meet all your needs. So when people needed a leader, God sent Moses. When people needed water, God gave a rock. When people needed um, food in the wilderness, he created this thing called manna. When man needed a savior, he gave his son, Jesus Christ. So my God gave all that we need to sustain our lives every single day. In the Old Testament, his name is God the provider, Jehovah Jireh. That is who he is. And James, he says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father in heaven. Every perfect gift is from above, coming down from... We think a gift is monetary. If you get a monetary gift, that's a great gift. Can I tell you, you're sitting next to a great gift? Bertram, you're sitting next to a great gift. Fernando is a massive gift. (laughs) He says, my God, isn't it great that we can have a personal relationship with this God that he talks about? A personal relationship. Not a religious relationship, not one that we just pick up on Sunday and we drop off at the door and we leave church. Then we come back the following Sunday and pick up this God and we put it our, you know, we put on our best, you know, we, we dress up for church and we make ourselves look beautiful and, and we are putting on the smile of heaven and we're loving people. But I know last week you swore at someone down the road. Too many people know God in their mind, but they don't know God personally. You can hear it sometimes. They talk about God in the old days. Oh, back in the 40s, we used to do this and it was so good. Can you tell me the God in your life today? Because I want to meet that God. I can identify that by people's speech because they talk about a God of the old. They don't talk about the God of the present. They're talking about the God that did a miracle in their lives when they bought a house. A house is not a miracle. You've got a job and you've got a mortgage. It's not a miracle. Heal someone from cancer. That's a miracle. Take a tumor out of someone's brain. That's a miracle. How about breast cancer? That's a miracle. How about AIDS? What about a cure for coronavirus? So Sam can go to Japan. Speak that right now in Jesus' name. So many people, they know about God, but they don't really know God. We know God on a Sunday morning. When we gather together, we can get our songs on. We can get our message right. We can preach. We can do all this. But what is our lifestyle every single day that we say, my God? When I'm at work, it's my God. When I'm at the supermarket, it's my God. When I'm having an argument with my husband, it's my God. Not that you wives argue with your husband, but just that's just me. When things aren't working out with your kids, it's my God. My God. David says, the Lord is my shepherd. Thomas says, my God and my Lord. 
They are a personal relationship with God. When we say, it's my God, he's my God, he's my God, he's my God. He's the source of everything. He's my God, he's my God, he's my God. I tell you, something happens in your soul when you can just walk around and say, he's my God, he's my God. Like, I did that all week. I couldn't do anything else but say, my God. I was like ridiculously walking around my house in my pajamas. My God, my God, my God. Thank you, my God. Thank you, my God. Thank you, my God. I had no understanding of what was happening internally, but I was just thanking God because he was my God. Who is the God who Paul calls my God? He is the God, our Father. He's the God, the provider. He's the God of our joy. He's the God of our strength. He's the God of our healing. He's the God and creator. He's the God of redeemer. It is so awesome that he becomes our God. I say this to us because we are so hyped up about God's presence being around us when he says, no, I've got to go so my presence can be in you. There's more power when he's in you than when he's not in you. The one who made his promises to provide for you. But the promise is only made to those who truly say, God, you're my God. Do you know he's your God when you're messed up? He's your God when you fall short. He's your God when your marriage is in the brinks of splitting up. He's your God when you're sick. He's your God when you're okay. He's your God when the bills are there. He's your God when the bills are paid. He's your God. It is awesome for us to know that he is our God. It is awesome to know that he is truly our God. The second thing about the scripture that I want us to hear is that it's God's will. And my God will. This is the promise that you and I must grab this morning. He will. He will. He will. He will. He will. He will. I can't see it, but he will. I don't know how it's going to come, but he will. My God, he will. You may not know the end, but I'm going to tell you, just know the moment that you're standing in right now, that my God will. He Will. Can you say your neighbor, he will? Tell your neighbor, he will. This promise is certain to every one of us. There is no doubting. There is no hesitation. It may not come in your timing or my timing, but he will. See, we have to stop trying to figure things out. We walk in the world that figures things out. Everything needs to be figured out. Can I tell you one thing? That God will regardless. We don't need to figure things out. At the moment, we're doing a study about Ruth and Naomi and, 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 and the study from, um, sorry, Esther. So we're doing a study about Esther. Esther didn't understand that she, God will in her life, even if she didn't understand, she didn't need to manipulate, do anything because we've got lots of manipulation in the body of Christ, not, not you, but someone else. We are easy to manipulate and to make things look and sound good. You can go on Facebook and you can look at, at things that are happening and you can just kind of make your assumption, oh man, that church is thriving, oh that church, and it's all about what you see. God will. What is the promise that he's given you for your family, for you as individuals? What has he promised you? That promise, he will watch over his word and he will fulfill it. He said to Moses, Moses, you have to go back. 
you got to let my set my people free. And you got to tell Pharaoh, this is my word. I am who I am. And you're going to set my people free. God covered him to perform the word that he already released over Moses' life. He said, ask and it will be. If you believe and you receive whatever you ask in prayer, how can we be certain? Because God is our source and our provider. My God, he will. My God will. If this is all you can get this morning from this simple word, then please just get this. That when you go throughout your week, your God will. Doesn't matter what you go through. Good, bad, and ugly. Just say, my God will. My God will. You can't feel it. You can't see it. But my God will. Amen. The next thing is about his provision. He says, my God will meet how much? He's going to meet all. The sum of total of all. Not some, not much, not a little bit, but all. All is the promised provision. All your needs. My God will provide all. Wow. If we just stop and just eat and chew on that word, that'll be enough to sustain us today, right? My God will meet all your needs. All. Oh, 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 so that bill, yes, he'll meet. So the need for my child, yep, he'll meet. So this he'll meet, so that he'll meet. He'll meet all of that? Yeah, he'll meet all of that because he's your God. And if he's your God, he's going to meet all your needs. Are you okay? It is not some of your needs. It's not most of your needs or much of your needs, but it's all of your needs. He's going to supply all. Someone say all. And this is a great promise of this provision. The word means not to lack or not to want. You're not going to have a lack or you're not going to have a want. The needs to meet that God wants to meet. God wants to operate on this basis that he's going to meet all your needs. Someone say all your needs. David says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He was saying, I shall not lack for anything because the Lord is my shepherd. I'm not going to lack for anything. I don't need to want for anything because he is everything I need. When you find yourself in the situation of need, this is the good news. It's already met. Mm. One of the things that I share over this platform many, many times is that I don't pray my prayers loud. Um, I used to. I used to do that, but I've stopped doing that for a few years now. Um, When there is a need... I'm very strategic. God's very strategic. I don't need ears to hear the need because I don't want the ears to have a voice. Because when the ears have a voice, the voice can say something against the word. So when there is a need, there's many needs that I'm asking the Lord for, needs in our community, needs in the ministry, needs in my own personal family. And I mention my needs to the Lord every single day. But it's between me and God, and I keep the needs quiet, and I don't let people know the needs because I don't want any words to come and contradict the word that I'm saying. The only way we can get our supplies is to know that he is our God. And he's going to supply all our needs. He's already existed before we even needed it. It was already provided. This is the thing what we need to understand about God. If there is a need, he's already provided the answer. 
I can't fathom how big God is. When you think about Isaac and his father, they're going up to the mountaintop. He's going to be sacrificed. But God provided a goat or ram before he even got up there. If you have a need, God's already got the answer for your need. Amen. We had a need. Even before we were born, the Lamb of God was slayed. There was a need. We needed a saviour. The saviour wasn't done 2,000 years ago. The Bible says that even before the foundations, he was slayed for our sins. Wow. He's going to provide all our needs. Jacob was sold into slavery into Egypt. And Jacob, his, uh, Joseph, sorry, and Jacob, his father and his brothers, they, the brothers didn't realise that he would be the one to fulfil the need. God already prepared for the need and for the phantom. Amen. Let's look at his glorious riches. This is the standard. And my God will meet all your needs. Are we okay? Are we okay? My God will meet all your needs according to his glorious what? The standard of God's provision. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Basically, it means it is, not impossible. It is impossible for us, but not impossible for God. God supplies our need. Glorious. You know, God is so rich. I'm not talking about rich that you th you're thinking right now. He is rich in mercy. He is rich in grace. He is rich in love. He is rich in wisdom. He is rich in grace and glory. If you look at Romans 4, it says he is God's richest in goodness. Romans 11.33, he's rich richness in his wisdom. He is rich in grace, Ephesians 1.7. He is rich in his glory, Ephesians 1.18. God wrote, uh, Paul wrote that God is rich in mercy, Ephesians 2.4. We look at rich as money and wealth, but God's saying, no, I'm rich in goodness and wisdom and grace and glory and mercy. I'm rich in all the things that you and I need. I'm rich in all of those things. You are richer than you think. Can you just slap your neighbor? You're really quiet. No fighting at the back, husbands and wives. No, no abuse. God did not withhold his son to save us. He gave his only son. He would not refuse to meet our needs, nor will he refuse to meet your needs. God is rich. Someone say he's rich. I'm rich. Okay. So let's look at this. And my God, oh, sorry. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Someone say Christ Jesus. Our storehouse is in Christ Jesus. Everything we need is in Christ Jesus. The pattern in which I showed us today that we all fall short of God's glory and then grace steps in. Grace connects us to God the Father, God the Son. Grace is a connecting block. And in the storehouse, which is Jesus Christ, he will provide for us. He will keep supplying for us. He will keep packaging for us everything that we need. Someone say all that we need. Everything that we need. Everything that I need. God has. Are you okay? So all of God's provision of grace are all packaged up in Jesus Christ. And everything comes through Christ Jesus. That's why in the body of Christ, we say to each other, we say we can't get saved unless we acknowledge Jesus as a personal Lord and Savior. That is truth. 
You cannot go to the Father unless you go through the... So everything's wrapped up in this baby Jesus, now King Jesus. Amen? Everything that we need is in King Jesus. Everything that you need is in the storehouse is in King Jesus. I want us to understand this this morning, that our God, my God, will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. We've got to pursue after God. Not after his things, not after what he can give you. We have to stop doing shopping lists. When we come to God, we give him our shopping list. God, I need this, 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 this. Tick the box, tick the box, tick the box, tick the box. How about we just say, thank you, Lord. I know some of us have been fighting battle after battle after battle. Battles are indicators that you're in a good place. I know it doesn't feel like it. I know it's hard to imagine it, but battles are an indicator that you're in the right place. Are you okay? Okay. Can we stand for a moment, please? I want you to repeat after me. He is God, my Father. He is God, my provider. He is God, my joy. He is God, my strength. He is God, my healer. He is God, my creator. He's God, my redeemer. In him, I have all things. In him, I have all promises. And those promises are yes and amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a hand this morning.